Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And with me, as always, is the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. How are we doing today? Praising Jesus, brother. Amen. Also with us, as always, is the show's producer, Tony Palacio. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic in Jesus. And today is a special day, Chad. Why is that? It's your birthday. Happy oh, birthday. thank you. Yes. Praise Everybody sing Lord. happy birthday wherever you're listening. Uh, yes, yes. Not in here. You know, even though Tony is a worship leader, but thank you. Praise happy the physical Lord. birthday and even more so happy Amen. Yes, 33. That would be the year that... Uh, Jesus ascended. Yes, that's right. So <laughs> Go with uh, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, amen. So, uh, yeah, 33 now. Isn't that weird? Crazy. Came came to faith about two weeks before my 21st birthday, and now here I am. You know, God Praise is the God. Lord. God is good, and that is because of a verse we're going to be reading about today, but I hope we're going to properly get an understanding of it. But I just wanted to tell you guys, you know, praise God that you guys are here. Praise God for everyone out there sharing these. And guys, one thing I was I was thinking about earlier this week, I had shared on Good Fight Ministries Facebook page. And if you guys are on Facebook, go like us. If you're on Instagram, go go follow us. I, I want to make sure I get all those uh, those things properly uh, pronounced to their social media, you know, uh, purview. But anyways, uh, if you guys are on our Facebook page, we had posted a One for Israel clip of just an awesome thing of an Orthodox Jew texting One for Israel and saying, hey, I've, I've come to faith in Jesus, in Yeshua as Messiah. And there's a number, my whole family now, all these Orthodox are now so awesome. saved, right? It's in beautiful. Israel, right? Praise God, man. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool things is if you guys don't know, you're maybe you're listening to this via YouTube, maybe you're listening to this via Podbean or uh, podcasts, anywhere, wherever you're pod, you podcast, right? Spotify, Pandora, someone wrote in, mm-hmm. they, they listen to us on Pandora. But you don't know that we have an entire radio network, the Good Fight Radio Network, that is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, awesome teachings. We just added Eric Ludi. I've been getting mm-hmm. text messages from brothers in Christ that say, man, I really like this Eric Ludi guy. Checking him out now. And also, who else do we have on? One for Israel. Mm-hmm. That's right. Not to mention How the Good Fight Radio Show, 511 News, and everything we do at Good Fight Ministries. And also, multiple messages a week on different subjects. I believe Ecclesiastes is one of the series right now, and maybe Matthew, I believe, are some of the series that the Blessed Hope Chapel podcast, which is Pastor Joe's teaching, is on there every single day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Not to mention, we actually have a lot of music as well. Guys, it is an awesome radio network, so go check that out. And if you aren't clicking on that just yet and downloading that app, it's literally just an app. You go, you press it, you press play, easiest thing in the world. And it's it's free ninety nine. That's how much it costs. Free ninety nine. You don't even have to pay it. You got to. <laughs> I get it. Bro. So <laughs> you got to check it out. It's awesome. And also something else. Wednesdays, Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings 
If you want to watch the live stream when it happens, the Blessed Hope Chapel live stream, not only will you get the content of Pastor Joe's teaching, but also I'm on there, Tony's on there, we comment with you guys, we encourage you guys for your week. We have a ton of brothers and sisters in Christ that are on there every single week, encouraging one another to love and good deeds. They're encouraging one another in prayer, different things that people are going through. Some people get sick, miss time. We all notice because, hey, (laughs) Where's that person? We've been talking to them every week. We haven't seen them for a couple it's weeks. It's a beautiful community for sure. It yeah. is. It's a wonderful community of online believers who love Jesus. The Lord, some man. of which have he a fellowship. A yeah, some of which have yeah. a fellowship, especially on the East Coast. Some of which have a fellowship. And for them, our messages aren't starting till you know, the message starts about 9.30 here. So that's 12, you know, 11, 11.30. 12.30. Thank you, Tony. My math <laughs> um, my math isn't that great. My, 12.30 over there on the East Coast. So they've already gone to fellowship. You're just cutting out my worship time. Is that what you're doing right No, there? yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> and look what I just did. And Tony leads worship. So you you get the whole kit and caboodle, uh, you know. So, yeah, get involved. And, and we'd love to see you there. And if, you can't, if you're not on Facebook, also on YouTube. And we have a wonderful community of believers, mm-hmm. many of which I see their names there. And then all of a sudden I see them on Patreon.com uh, and the fact that we have a Patreon, uh, a good fight Patreon. That we see them throughout the internet sphere uh, battling for the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I, one Contending thing I, for the I, faith. And, and right. Joe brings that up because we've talked about it a lot. I said, it's so cool because I'll see people commenting on there and then you see the same people commenting on different yeah. forums and Christian, especially with false teaching. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a Christian group that I'm on with um, a couple of sisters in Christ that used to come to this fellowship and then moved to North Carolina. And there's a ton of people on there sharing stuff all the time. And I know they're always on there correcting and saying, hey, this person, this, this. And a lot of the brothers and sisters there are sharing good fight material that they're like, oh, and it's, I'm like, it's actually a nice little catalog we have going now answering a lot of the false teaching that goes on or just having good teaching about important subjects. So, Mm -hmm. and like this one, this is exactly right. (laughs) We are getting into this one. And I know Joe's got a ton of notes, so I've already probably gone way too far. So I want to get right into it because this is important. This topic is really important. And if you're listening right now to this message, I encourage you one to tag alongside of it is the message we just did yesterday concerning corporate election. If you that missed means. that one, you want to hear that before you hear this one. Yes, please. You'll be in Press pause, go back and listen, and then you can start from right here after this one all the will announcements. Make way more sense. <laughs> so this would be good. And he actually ended on these verses we're going to go over. That's right. Romans for the last eight, episode. So check that out, guys. I this is almost we don't like to put part one, part two, but this is a great part one, part two, if you guys need it. You're still going to get a benefit out of this, even if you don't, but I encourage you to. So I'm going to start with the verse and just explain a little bit mm-hmm. about where this is going because the fact is is that this is called by those who debate on behalf of Calvinism the golden chain. This, if you typed in the golden chain, and I did, the golden chain theology or something along those lines on Google, every article, this is Gospel Coalition, this is a bunch of Calvinistic articles about the golden chain of redemption. This is the one, without a doubt, if you have the golden chain here, guess what? Calvinism's true, everything else is false. In fact, one article is titled, How the Golden Chain Made Me a Calvinist. So, let's go through it. Verse 30, And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called... He also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. Well, that's it. Uh, Calvinism. Go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the whole idea there is that, hey, if you were called, man, by God, you know, uh, efficaciously, efficiently, uh, therefore, you know, uh, you know, you're going to be, you know, and you can actually go back to Romans 8, 29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So you say, him he foreknew, he 
he predestined, him he predestined, he called, him he called, he also justified, him he justified, uh, he also glorified. Uh, which, by the way, they're all in the aorist, which in the Greek is the past tense. So some will argue that the glorification there is not, uh, you know, glorified in heaven. In fact, because uh, it's an aorist, it's the past. Uh, Calvinists will say, well, that aorist is really emphasizing that anyone who was called is going to reach glory in the end and so forth. Thus, perseverance of this or perseverance of saints or, uh, you know, once saved, always saved comes out of that as well by the, a lot of Calvinists don't like that terminology. But if you believe in perseverance of saints, you do believe once you're saved, you're always going to be saved. But you also believe that you will persevere in the faith. So uh, there's a lot of those who will talk about the golden chain who believe in perseverance of saints that you won't fall away. Others believe in preservation of the sinner that even if you fall away, you'll still reach glory because you're part of that golden chain. So the Calvinists look at this as an unbreakable golden chain of salvation. Once you're saved, you're always going to be saved because if you were effectively called and regenerated, therefore you're going to have these other experiences, you're going to end up in glory. Now it's interesting, the context of Romans chapter 8, he already talks about if we suffer with him, will be glorified with him. And the context is he's encouraging them during a time of suffering. Uh, many of them are suffering as believers, encouraging that God's going to work all things together for the good, for those who love him and so forth. Uh, some look at it as, because right now we go from glory to glory. So some exegetes and commentators will focus on, he's talking about the glory that's heiress, meaning literally heiress, meaning that we've experienced uh, in our salvation, not mm. necessarily reaching okay. eternal glory. That's one argument. Uh, I'm going to argue it more from the standpoint of that he doesn't. Ha he does have in mind uh, eternal glory there. Although uh, God's chain is unbreakable there, although the way the Calvinist caricatures it as though every single person who's ever been called, you know, will definitely, you know, uh, be justified. And everyone that's been justified will be glorified and so forth, uh, is not, does not take into account other passages in the book of Romans and other teaching by the Apostle Paul. And if your belief cannot incorporate and harmonize all the scriptures together, and you have scriptures that are causing confusion and contradict each other. The Bible says God's not the author of confusion. You can't just say, oh, that's a mystery. No, you know what? When your teaching does not make sense and contradicts itself, then you need to jettison your teaching and fall in harmony with the word of God. Uh, so God's made known to us the mystery of his will, Ephesians chapter one. He doesn't try to confuse us. And it's interesting, our view, in fact, if people look at the fact that last uh, podcast, we talked about, Briefly, counterfactual knowledge. We talked about libertarian free will. We <laughs> talked about being predestined according to God's foreknowledge. We talked about Christo or corporate, Christocentric election. And we said the Bible actually harmonizes. Everything's in harmony. It's like a hand in a glove. It all fits together because God's not the author of confusion. Well, uh, when you do start to say, well, everyone that's ever been called is going to be justified and all that are justified are going to be glorified. And that's everyone with exception, even those who fall away. Uh which some, you know, light Calvinists would say, or if you say, well, you're automatically going to persevere once you have been justified and you're automatically going to make it. Well, that contradicts a lot of scripture. You know, well, once you're in Christ, you're always going to be in Christ. That contradicts Paul in Romans 11. You can't contradict the scripture, otherwise your view is wrong. So we need to look at this. Uh, and actually, when you look at it from the standpoint of corporate election, that in last episode, we last podcast, we talked about how the Bible teaches corporate election in the Old Testament. You were elect if you were part of Israel. If you rejected, I mean, even a Gentile, you could become part of Israel uh, by adopting, and, or I should say, converting uh, to uh, biblical uh, teaching of, of, of the law. And of course, you'd come to understand eventually that you need the Messiah. You'd cry out to God, and you'd eventually be, you'd be justified by faith once you came to the Lord in faith. Uh, but it's interesting when you look at the scripture here, uh, that even as Israelites could be cut off from Israel, and many were, Romans chapter 11, 
verses 18 and 19 talks about Jews who were cut off from the salvation tree. And there's various passages that talk about the Jews uh, uh, being cut off. Now, it's interesting. I mentioned a couple references in the last episode, one in, Zeph- one in Zechariah, uh, one in Deuteronomy, and I read them where certain Jews were cut off because of their unbelief, because of rejecting God's law. Uh, he, uh, Deuteronomy 13, we also reference. I could mention even King Esau right now. I didn't mention last episode. King Esau says he served the Lord with all of his heart. Yeah. If there was ever a Jew, man, he was one of them. He served the Lord with all of his heart. He turned down the idols and everything. Then he rebelled against the Lord. Mm-hmm. The Lord gave him a foot disease. He still didn't repent. And he was put to death. Okay, he was cut off from his people. And he died not in the faith, in rebellion to God. You can't say, well, he never really loved God. He certainly did love God. He served with all of his heart. You know, that's what it says in the scripture. Thus yep. saith the word of God. So uh, we believe the scriptures are very clear that our election is in Christ as new covenant, new Testament believers that were, were, it says we're chosen in him in Ephesians chapter one, verse four. So our election is in our relationship to Christ by meeting the condition of faith. You have to put your trust in Jesus. When we share with the lost, we warn them that they must put their faith in Christ or they will perish. Uh, it's very, very clear. And uh, Christ's finished work on the cross is the grounds of our salvation, uh, what he did. But we must come to, we must put our trust in Jesus to be saved. And then when we put our faith in Jesus, we're part of that, that, that corporate group called the body of Christ. We're saved in him. And that's important to understand. We're not saved, we're not elect outside of Christ. We're not saved outside of Christ. It's all about what he did, who he is, and his gospel. And it's a Christ honoring doctrine, uh, corporate election. Now, it's interesting when we look, take a closer look at this, we look at this golden chain, and we do believe it's a golden chain, but it's only a golden chain for those who are in Christ, those who are trusting Jesus, that are part of that chain and remain part of that chain because that chain won't be broken for believers, but that chain is only meant to be an encouragement for believers, not for apostates. It was never supposed to <laughs> encourage the, the drunkard who's sucking you know meth up his nose or injecting it in his vein or whatever drug they're using. It's meant to... Uh, be an assurance for believers. And we get a lot of assurance, a lot of joy out of it. I've memorized a lot of Romans 8, you know, verses 28 through uh, 39. You know, I love those verses, but I, I don't think they apply to me if I don't love God. I mean, it starts out, Amen. and we know that God works all things together for those who love God. Okay, it's conditional, and you're only part of that chain if you're in the faith. And when you look at it from a corporate perspective that he's speaking of those who belong to Christ uh, and our part of that chain will continue. But he also makes it very clear that you can discontinue to be part of that golden chain, but the golden chain still goes on without you. Hmm. So just like eternal life is always eternal with or without you, just because you reject Christ who is the life and cease to participate in his eternal life doesn't mean the life wasn't eternal. It's still eternal. You just don't have it. Same thing with the golden chain. Now, I think it's very, very interesting when we look at these verses, and they're very, very beautiful. Uh, verses 28 through 30, back up just a little bit. For those whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among among many brothers and sisters. So it's interesting. Election is corporate and it comprises all those who put their faith in Christ. Uh, predestination is individual. Uh, and according to God's foreknowledge, those who are part of the elect, those who God foreknows who will become part of the body of Christ, the elect group, he predestines to be conformed to the image of Christ. That's what it says here. For those whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Now, whom are the ones that God foreknows? Well, 
Verse 28 tells us the verse right before it. Remember, verse 29 starts with the word for. It's a conjunction. It's connected to verse 28. For those whom he foreknew. For who's that? Verse 28. Who are those he foreknows? Verse 28. And we know that God works all things together for the good for those who love, love him, him and are the call according to his, to his purpose. purpose. He knows who's going to love him. Therefore, he calls them. Therefore, he works everything for the good for them. Therefore, he what? He conforms them. He predestines them to be conformed to the image of his son. So he knows who's going to respond to the gospel. The Bible says faith works through love. And who's going to reject the gospel? Those who don't love God. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3, I love this. says, but if anyone loves God, he is known by him. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Anyone yeah. who loves God is known by him. How does he? Because he's omniscient. He knows all things. When he... Uh, you know, even before he created the world, he knew because he knows everything uh, who would love him and who would reject him. And for those who would love him and come to Christ, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That's very, very important. Now, with regard to, and then it goes on to say that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. I say amen and amen. I love this verse. Verse I've had memorized. I love it. It's beautiful. But it doesn't apply to the apostate. It only applies to those who love God. And it's not an arbitrary verse. It's not an unconditional verse, unconditional election. It's conditional upon those who love God. Now, what's interesting is we spent a lot of time in the last episode uh, about talking about the, the corporate view of election, Christocentric view of election. And those who are in Christ are those the ones that, who are elect. How do you come to Christ? How do you get in Christ? If you're talking to a non-believer, how do you tell them to get in Christ? You got to repent and turn to Jesus. Put their faith, faith in Christ. Yeah. Amen. Then you'll be in Christ. Then you'll be part of the elect. When did God know that would happen? Before you even existed. Mm-hmm. In fact, he elected us, chose us before the foundation of the world, based on verse 11 through 13 of Ephesians chapter 1, uh, that those who would hope in Christ, according to his plan, he it says right there, according to his plan, he elected us, right? He chose us, he predestined us. And that was the gospel plan, whoever believes. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting. You're, we're talking about Romans 8, and in Romans 8, over and over again, are volitional commands where God tells us to do certain things, as in put aside the deeds of the flesh, yeah. render the old, you know, kill the old of flesh, you know, and then you're going to go down to these verses and think that it's without volition, without any... Yeah, and that's you know. a good point, Chad, that you bring up, because before you get to Romans 8, uh, verses... 28, 29, and 30, and the verses that follow, which are glorious and beautiful as well. Uh, you have Romans, and I believe you're referring to 12 and 13 specifically. Yep, I am. And uh, in Romans 8, 12 and 13, he says, we're not debtors to the flesh to live after the flesh. But he says, brethren, okay, he's talking to the, mm-hmm. the believers there. And by the way, he's talking about believers that have the Holy Spirit, because in verses, I believe, Abba 10, Father, yeah. yeah, in verses 10 and 11, <laughs> yeah. he's talking about who yeah. has those who have the Holy Spirit. And then, and then in verse 11, verse 12, right after that, he talks about, he's contrasting with those, them who don't. Yeah. And he says, brethren, we're not obligated to flesh to live after the flesh because we've been saved, right? It's about saved people. Uh, for if you, through, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, he says, if, it's a condition. For if you do, uh, through the Holy Spirit, this power of the Holy Spirit, mortify the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. Okay? Uh, so, and it's interesting because in verse 14, he goes on to say, I think it's verse 14, he goes on to say, as many as are led by the Spirit, these are children of God. So it's those who are led by the Spirit that are children of the God. If by children of God, if we mortify the deeds of the flesh, we crucify the old man and follow Jesus, right? Uh, by the Spirit, we will live. Okay? But he goes, if you don't mortify the deeds of the flesh, he says, you shall die. And it's very emphatic in the Greek. And by the way, we don't tell non-believers, you're going to die spiritually 
you don't mortify the deeds. Of, no, they're already dead spiritually. He's wanting the believer. So what you say there, Chad, is very, very important. By the way, since you brought it again in the Romans, the very first verse in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, says, if anyone be in Christ, right? I'm sorry. I'm going to yeah, I'm going to Second Corinthians 5. Yeah, 17. 17. The Bible says there's no condemnation Nation Romans for those, 8, in Christ, for those yeah. who are in Christ Jesus, right? They're in, in, in Christ Jesus, right? For now this is important. It's almost like book ended. The very beginning and the very end of the chapter, he says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The very end of the chapter talks about how no other created thing is able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's again. So we're talking about corporate election. The promises are for those who are in Christ Jesus, you know, and that's those who are those who are elect. We already proved in our last episode, uh, Romans chapter 11, verse 7, it talks about the elect and the Jews that were hardened that are contrasted with the elect, the rest. They're not part of the elect. You become part of the elect by being in Christ Jesus. Now, God's foreknowledge because he comprehends all things because he's omniscient. He knows who's going to be in Christ and who is not going to be in Christ. That's important. Now, check this out. It's going to get really heavy. But Paul speaks of those who are elect in, in Roman, uh, Romans, he speaks of them often as the, a group, you know, and he uses some individual uh, language as well because he knows who will be part of that group and will not be part of that group. But I'll tell you what, he says, electon theo, which is a, a, a plural for those who are the elect of God in Romans 8, 29. I'm sorry, in, in Romans chapter 8, a few verses after 20, I think it's verse 33, speaks of many brothers, plural again, 8, 29, those who love him, those who foreknew, those he predestined, those he called. Uh, and, and, and so forth. So he's constantly speaking of this elect group. We're elect, we're part of that elect group. But it's very, very important that we understand that this elect group comprises those who love him. And guess what? It's not talking about him. It's not stating that, you know, those he called, irrespective of whether they love him or not, you know, he justified. <laughs> and those he justified, irrespective of if they continue the faith or not, it's not, it's not making it unconditional. It's not also ignoring Paul's conditions in Romans 8, 12, and 13, and conditions that are very clear that come later in chapter 11, verses 20 and 22. Brothers and sisters, especially my Calvinistic friends, you guys have to make sure you're understanding Romans 8, 30, the golden chain, agrees with Romans 8, or 12 and 13, and Romans 11, 20 through 22. It certainly doesn't fit that. In fact, we have to keep in mind that Paul isn't all of a sudden undermining uh, in Romans 8.30, everything he's taught about conditional aspect of salvation. <laughs> yep. In fact, it's interesting, Calvinist Douglas Moo, who would have a Calvinistic understanding of chapter 8, verse 30, nonetheless admits, he says, Paul's focus on the divine side of salvation in no way mitigates the importance of human response. It is indeed God who justifies, but it is the person who believes who is justified. Yeah, there is a condition. John Wesley's explanatory notes of the New Testament are very good on Romans uh, uh, 8.30 here, he writes, quote, And whom he justified, provided they continue in his goodness, Romans 11-22. He is in the end glorified. St. Paul does not affirm, either here or in any other part of his writings, that precisely the same number of men are called, justified, and glorified. He does not deny that a believer may fall away and be cut off between this special calling and his glorification. Neither does he deny that many are called who never are justified. He only affirms that this is the method whereby God leads us step by step toward heaven. That's excellent. In fact, he mentions in his, he states in his message, Sermon 58, number 58 as, he, as they're numbered, on predestination. Very similar thing. Listen to this. John Wesley, perhaps the greatest revivalist after the Apostle Paul, brings so many people to Christ. Quote, as all that are called were predestined, so also whom God has predestined, he foreknew. He knew. 
He saw them as believers and as such predestined them to salvation according to his eternal decree. He that believeth shall be saved. Thus we see the whole process of the work of God from the end to the beginning. Who are, who are glorified? None but those who were first sanctified. Who are sanctified? None but those who were first justified. Who are justified? None but those who were first predestined. Who are those predestined? None but those whom God foreknew as believers. Thus the purpose of the word of God stands unshaken as the pillars of heaven. He that believeth shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. So many exegetes today also look at uh, it as God's viewpoint. Those who've been reached glory, it was through this process they reached glory. He's not saying that none along the way of after being called will reject that call or those who've been justified will cease to be justified through a lack of faith in Messiah. In fact, let's look at this chain. Check this out. It's evident that not everybody that is called is, is elect or chosen. Jesus says, for many are called, but few are chosen. Matthew 22 14. It's also evident that not all who are elect are of necessity enter glory. In fact, Peter says in 2 Peter 1, 10 through 11, therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. There's call and election there, and we have to confirm it. For if you practice these things, you will never fall. For in this way, there you will richly be provided an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Chapter 3, verse 17, Peter says, Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your own secure position. So the elect are warned that they need to confirm their election and their calling to reach glory. Also, those who are justified and even sanctified, both justified and sanctified, aren't guaranteed glory. Author of Hebrews writes by the Holy Spirit in Hebrews 10, 28, 29, and 38, 39, he that despised Moses' law died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Verses before that, he says they'll be devoured by God's fire in his wrath. Verse 29, of how much worse punishment or severe punishment do you think he shall be thought worthy of who has trodden underfoot the Son of God and has counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and has done despite to the spirit of grace? But the just shall live by faith, those who are justified. And if he draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. So a justified person, a sanctified person can draw back. And then he goes on to write to the Hebrews who had endured much affliction for Christ, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. We're definitely talking about salvation here, not a loss of rewards. We're talking about salvation. And he believed that they would persevere. But guess what? He also talks about those who drew back. We're not of those who drew back to perdition, who had once been justified. Checkmate. I mean, we have it all over the scripture. This whole process, you can turn back. In fact, in Romans 11, 20 through 23, quite right, Paul, same who wrote, wrote Romans 11, 8, 30, regarding the golden chain, quite right, they were broken off for their unbelief, but you stand by your faith, do not be conceited, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Behold the kindness and severity of God to those who fell severity, but to you, God's kindness. If you continue his kindness, otherwise you also will be cut off. That's very, very clear that one who stands by their faith and only genuine born again, Blood-bought believers can stand by their faith. Not unbelievers, not born non-believers, can be cut off. By the way, guess what? In Ephesians 1, 3 and 4, when Paul's talking about the election of believers, he says that God will present you holy and blameless in his sight. That's Ephesians 1, by the way, verse 4. Ephesians 5, 26 and 27, listen to what it says. Husband, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain, stain, or wrinkle, or without blemish, holy and blameless. Guess what? He's going to present the church holy and blameless. 
We read that in Ephesians 5.27. We read also in Ephesians 1, 3 through 4. And I mentioned it real quickly, but let me read it. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And in Ephesians 5, he's going to present us that way. That's that end of that golden chain to glory. But guess what? Check this out. It's so clear. This is so heavy. Think about this. Colossians 1. He wrote this around the same time he wrote Ephesians. It's a prison epistle that he wrote from uh, the church, the, the, the prison in Rome, just like he wrote Ephesians. There's a lot of similarities there. He's going to talk about him presenting as holy and blameless, but guess what he's going to do? He's going to warn that we can check out before glory. Check this out. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. That does not apply to non-believers, folks. You don't say to a non-believer, hey, you've been reconciled to God through Christ's death. No, he's talking to believers. In order to present you, check this out, in order to present you holy and blameless. Isn't that heavy? But look what he goes on to say. And above reproach before him, listen to this, conditional, if indeed you continue in the faith. If indeed you continue the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. So it's very, very clear. Paul understood this predestination to glory as being conditional. I can say, hey, man, we're having a men's retreat. Get on the bus, and we're all going to go to Heartland Christian Camp in the Sequoias. And everybody gets excited, and 100 men show up, and we all go on this bus. And I say, hey, everybody on this bus, man, we're going to Heartland, and we're going to all have a great time there. We get there, man, we're going to have earthly glory in Heartland. You know, God's going to bless us with the square trees and everything. Guess what? But I say, don't get off the bus and wander away and, and check out and call someone and take, a, take an Uber home. And then I get up there and somebody says, Joe, there were some people down on the bus that aren't there. And you said, those bus, everyone on the bus is going to get to Heartland Christian Camp. Yeah, but I also warned that you get off the bus. Paul also warns that you could check out and be cut off if you don't continue the faith. Thus saith the Lord. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll-free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.